And Abraham was, when we find out about Abraham, he's 75 years old, and his wife, well, his wife had, we'll call her Sarah, but his wife's name was Sarah, Sarah, Sarah A.I., I think it was pronounced, before her name was changed. She was 75. She was about 65. Abraham's 75. Sarah's about 65. So, Billy, they were young people. Amen? Yeah, they're young. Some young folks. But, I mean, they really couldn't have kids. So, they were past that age. You know about kids, right? Yeah. A little bit. Okay. You're going to know a little bit more pretty soon, right? Okay. So, oh, by the way, did you bring your Bible? You brought your There's a Bible there. there. I like that. I like that. There's a heavy one back there. Okay. Good, good. Kevin's, uh, Kevin needs, he needs wheels for his Bible, but that's okay. So, yeah, let's, look at, uh, let's look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Genesis 12, 1. And we're going to talk, we're going to look about, um, okay, right there. We're going to look at, we're going to look at the life, of the journey of Abraham, and then we're going to talk about Abraham's faith. We're going to talk a little bit about his journey, and then a little bit about his faith, and how we can have the same faith of Abraham. You ever pray to God, give me faith, give me faith? Who's ever prayed that prayer? Faith comes by how? Hearing. Hearing by the word of God. I wish it came by praying, or else we'd all have a lot of faith. But it comes by hearing and Lord, help us to hear your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Genesis 12. Now, the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country. He's telling Abraham to go somewhere. From your family, from your who? From your family. Get out of your country. Get out of town. Get away from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. So I want you to go, Abraham, somewhere. And by the way, I'll show you when you get there. I'll let you know. Does God ever do that to you? He tells you something. doesn't give you all the information. He says, I want you to do this, but you want all the steps. Don't we want all the steps? Well, tell me the next step, please. Can I please have the whole picture? Can you give me the whole vision here? God usually doesn't do that. But we can trust them. He said, go first, and I'll show you second. Ouch, that kind of hurts sometimes. Do this, and then I'll explain it later. And that's what God tells us. But you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, says, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. What is faith? Faith is simply agreeing with God, being obedient to God's word. So we walk by the word of God not by sight, not how we feel, not how we totally understand everything with our mind, but we walk by faith and not by sight. He said, I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. You know, God wants us to be blessed so that we could be a blessing to people. 
And that's one reason why One reason why we're prosperous, God wants us prosperous, is not so we can own 27 Cadillacs, 14 Learjets, but so we can be a blessing to somebody else. You can't really be a blessing to someone else when you're, you can't be a financial blessing to someone else when you're poor, right? So God wants us prosperous. One of the first things he, he uh, told Abraham is, I will bless you. I'll make your name great. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. <laughs> and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Wait a minute. I thought the Lord told him not to take his family. Okay, well, Lot went with him, and Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then... Abraham took uh, Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and all the people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to a place of Shechem, as far as the Terabith tree of Moreh. I don't have no idea what a Terabith tree is, but I'd like to find out someday. And the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants will I give this land. To your descendants. Wait a minute. What descendants? Remember, look at my wife here, Sarah. She's like, how old is she? She's, God, she's pretty old here. And you're going to give me descendants? What's that about? So God is starting to tell Abraham, this is your life. In you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And he says, your descendants. I can just picture Abraham going, uh, what descendants, God? God's talking about descendants. God, I wonder if God, did you consider Sarah? Have you looked at, Sarah was good looking, by the way. She'd walk into a town, it says it, she walked into a, a town and, and everybody would say, wow, look how gorgeous she is. And they'd take her to the king of that place and the king would want to have her as one of his wives. She was very attractive, but she was a little old for childbearing. And then we see in Genesis 13, 14, we're taught we're going through the, the Abraham's journey first. And after Genesis 13, 14, and the Lord said, said to Abraham, after Lot has separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Is that west? That's west, right? Yeah. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Wow, descendants again. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by the tree, by the terrible trees of Mamre. Abraham moved his tent. I like that. He did something. God told him to do something and he moved. He just didn't sit there. Sometimes God tells us to do something and we like, well, like I said before, God, give me the next step. But he moves. Someone said you can't steer a parked car. Picture that. You're in your car 
you can't turn the wheel, right? You can't steer it. But if you're moving, you can steer. You can steer. You can't steer a car when it's parked. So what do you do? Sometimes you just have to take a baby step. God's telling somebody, uh, I want you to get that promotion, that job. I want you to have that supervisor level. But he's saying, speaking to your heart, take that class at JC, at the junior college. Take that class first. And you're going, uh, that, is that God? Is that God? Well, maybe you don't know. God's speaking to your heart. So go by the campus. Walk around the campus. If I walk around the campus, maybe God will say, maybe I'll just know that that's God then when I'm there. Or maybe I'll have such a terrible feeling inside my spirit, I'll say, oh, this isn't for me. I'm taking a baby step. Maybe I'm going to take one night class first before I take a whole series of classes. How do I know God's will? One way is you pray, but then you have to take a little step. Take a step in that direction. I remember one time uh, when I my first first got saved uh, I was 19 and somehow I got this thought well maybe I want to join the military and I thought about that thought about that and it's just this thought in my head and I think it was the devil trying to mess with me looking back uh, not that there's anything wrong with the military but he was trying to get me off off somewhere and so I was praying about this and where is this where is this thought coming from and so I went down and I went to one of the recruiters, and I talked to the recruiter. Boy, I knew it wasn't the Lord then, I'll tell you. <laughs> he had to do this, this, I just knew it wasn't for me. What did I do? I took a baby step. I went and I did something. I, I moved the car, right? Oh, I can steer now. The Bible says we press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Can, can I borrow you two guys? Can you stand up for a second? You stand right here, and Ralph, you stand right here. Okay. So the Bible says we press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So the prize is, let's say the prize is that cross right there. And the prize is God's will being done. God's will being done is that big promotion at work. Okay. He says to press toward the mark. Well, the first mark is take that night class. Oh, okay. But I got it. Here's, here's the mark right here. And I'm, I'm going toward this mark. I may be going this way, but I'm, I'm, pressing toward, I'm pressing toward this mark. Here's the mark. I, okay, good. Now I've taken that night class. Then he says, okay, you have to deal with this thing in your life. You know that anger situation, that anger thing in your life? God knows that if I were to be a supervisor and I've got this anger thing in my life, anger can be pretty. So I would probably get fired after a week. So I've got to press toward this mark here. Here is dealing with that right here. Oh, man, God dealt with me. Now I'm free from that. All right, so here's, oh, here's, my, here's the prize. I press toward the mark, number one, mark number two, for the prize of the high, high calling of God. Here's my, here's my promotion. Here's my job. Here's my, the blessing of the Lord that I was believing God. Thank you very much. That was a good job. Thanks. <laughs> my, my two marks here. Does that make sense? God wants us to move, and we always don't have the end result. We don't know what it is totally, but we got to take that step. And that's called faith, right? Taking that step. 
taking that step. Abraham had to take a step. Let's pray. Father, make it clear to us the next mark on our way. Make it clear to all of us, Father. Make that next mark clear in Jesus' name. Give us the boldness to press toward that mark in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor and say, press toward your mark. All right. Let's go to Genesis 17. God is keeping on. He's, he's, he's reminding Abraham in his journey here. And when Abraham was 99 years old, how, how old is Sarah? She's about, about 90. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made, what, have made? That's past tense. God said, I have made you a father of many nations. And he goes on next, he says three more times about your descendants, your descendants. I've made you a father of many nations. And in Genesis 17, 15, then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarah, Sarah Ai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Sarah, a mother of nations. So God tells him, go out to this country, first of all. Then he, then he talks about his descendants. And then the farther he goes, now he says, dude, this is it. Your Sarah is going to bear you a child. That's how it's going to happen. And did Abraham, did he get that perfect? He kind of got off even after that. He got off some. But God's promise was always through Sarah. He, Abram had another son called Ishmael. And that's what the enemy wants to do through the, through the uh, handmaid, his wife's handmaiden. Ishmael came, and Ishmael was not God's perfect will. And that's sometimes tempting. Well, let's just do it this way. This is the easier way. Let's do it this way. I don't have to walk by faith. I can just, like, do my thing here. And, and it'll be, yeah, God, you know, it'll bless a little bit. I don't want God's second best. Anybody here, I want God's best best. Amen? Who here wants God's best best? I sure do. I want God's best best. God's second best, I don't think we have time for that. I, I want God's best. So Abraham, he had to make a decision. He had to make a decision to agree with God or not to agree with God. And God even changed his name to Abraham. Abraham means a father of many nations. So someone would ask him, what's your name? And I, he'd say, oh, my name is the father of many nations. Nice to meet you. 
and then his servants would say, good morning, father of many nations. And the guy at the local um, store selling whatever they sold at the local store back then, they, hello, father of many nations, how are you? Everybody passed on the road would say, oh, father of many nations, Abraham. When they said the word Abraham, they heard father of many nations. Abraham called himself a father of many nations. Was he a father of many nations? God says he is, so yes. But was he physically manifested? No, he wasn't. But wait, God is calling him something that he isn't? Oh, but he is. If God says he is, he is. Abraham could have totally messed that up. He could have just not agreed with God. But God even changed his name. He was, every time he said his name, Hi, my name is the father of many nations. How are you doing today? And every time someone spoke his name, he, Abraham heard that over and over. Abraham agreed with God. Every time he spoke his name, he agreed with God. I wonder, are we agreeing with God what he told us? What promise has God given you? What has God spoken to your heart? Are you agreeing with God? Are you saying, no, I, that's, I, that's too hard. No, I can't do that. No, it's, that's just for, that's for those those preachers out there, or that's just for that guy on TV, or that's just for the super saints, or that's just for this person, or I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too this, I'm too that. Are we agreeing with God? Abraham agreed with God every time he said his name. We can have the faith of Abraham. We can have the Abraham kind of faith. Let's look at that. Let's look at the Abraham type of faith. Let's look at Romans chapter 4, verse 17. God was just trying to get Abraham to agree with him. That's what he was doing throughout all those years. Abraham, he sent angels to him. He spoke to him. He appeared to him in vision. He sent angels to him to tell him. He changed his name. He changed his wife's name. So when you agree with God, that is, that's faith. To agree with God is to have faith. Let me tell you a basic definition of faith and what Abraham did. Think what God thinks. Believe what God believes, say what God says, and do what God does. Think what God thinks, believe what God believes, say what God says, and do what God does. That's, that is faith. That's what Abraham want, That's what God wanted Abraham to do. He wanted, he wanted Abraham to think God's way. He wanted him to believe God's way. He wanted him to say God's way. He did a good job with that. And he wanted him to do God's way. And that's, that's faith. Isn't that how we got saved? Romans 10, 9, and 10. We can probably quote it. We confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead says you will be saved. 
So in order to do that, we have to think, I need to be saved. Jesus died for my sins. I need to believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I need to confess with my mouth. And the Bible says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. See, it's thinking, believing, speaking, and doing the will of God. I'll tell you what, that may sound difficult, but I'll tell you what's difficult. Sin is difficult. The devil's difficult. Demons are difficult. Drugs are difficult. That's the way of the world is hard. Sin will mess you up. I've had my share of it. It will mess you up. What is easy, he said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You want to compare the two? I choose God anytime. God's ways are easier than the devil's way. He'll beat you up. That's his job. His job is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his full-time job. He doesn't have any other job. He doesn't, he doesn't have any other group of people he messes with except for Christians and non-Christians. People. There's no, other, there's no other universe out there that he's interested in. He's interested in God's creation and specifically God's people. I choose God's way. I choose to think your thoughts. I choose to believe what you believe. I choose to speak what you speak and do as you do, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. So, God, interestingly, called Abraham a father of many nations. He said, I have made you, past tense, a father of many nations. We need to agree with God. All right, let's find out what promise do you want to come to pass in your life? Let's finish up talking about us. What promise do is God speaking to me? What do I want? What promise in the word of God is there for me? Now, I like to talk about healing. God deal, deals with me about physical healing a lot. So if I use physical healing examples, it's just because God, that's what God deals with me a lot, is getting people healed. Because I hate sickness. I hate disease. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And God hates it. So that's a lot of time I use those type of examples. So what is the why? First of all, find the promise in God's word that, that, that you desire. Maybe the desire was that, that promotion at work. God said it will prosper you, right? It will prosper you. So that's my, that's my goal. That's, I press toward the mark for the prize. That's what I want God. Or maybe it's physical healing. You need physical healing. Find the promise. 1 Peter 2.24 says, With two stripes ye were healed. Ooh, wait a minute, that's past tense too. God told Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations, and Abraham really physically wasn't. God said, with the stripes you were healed. I don't really feel healed, but he said I was healed. God told Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. God is trying to get us to agree with him. That's how we get the promises. We think what he thinks. We believe what he believes. We say what he says, and we act or do what he he does. First thing is to find the promise. Second thing is to speak the promise, to receive it and make it your own. Abraham had, Abraham had finally had to say, yes, I am Abraham. I am a father of many nations. There comes a point you say, yes, 
I am who the Bible says I am. I am prosperous. I am healed with the stripes of Jesus. In Matthew 8, 5. Matthew 8, 5. A couple more scriptures here. God is interested in our words. He's interested in us agreeing with him. And one of the big things I think that that we maybe as a church have missed is agreeing with God with our words. What happened to uh, um, Zach, was Zacharias? The, he, when he was in the, the temple and the angel appeared and said, your wife is going to have a child and the angel made him so he couldn't speak. He didn't, he didn't, God didn't want him speaking negative words. Shut him up. Because that was had that had to do with God's eternal plan. God is very interested in our words. In Matthew 8, 5, it says that when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto a centurion and beseeched him, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. The centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under the roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. He said, I know this will work. I'm a man in authority. I've got soldiers under me. I say to this man, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. And my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard that, he's like, whoa, wow. He marveled. He said, I've not found so great faith. No, not in all of Israel. What was so great about that faith? That guy, that centurion, understood how authority works. He understood that authority comes by speaking words. How many people are a boss at work? Are you a supervisor or some type of level? Yeah, some type of... There's got to be more hands than that. Just two? Oh, there we go. Thank you. All right. So you have authority over people under you. If you're a good boss, right, you don't slap them around and mistreat them. You're a good boss. But I'll tell you what, when you say something, they're going to do it. You tell them to do something, you do it with your, with, with your integrity and with your proper tone of voice and so forth. But you tell them to do something, they do it. They are under you. This centurion, how is his faith great? Because he understood authority. He said to this man, go, and he goes. And that guy, he knew that Jesus, all you have to do is speak to that sickness. Speak a word, and that sickness will leave. And that is the authority. He, that's the authority that we have in Jesus. Verse 13 says, And Jesus said in centurion, go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done. He said, so be it done. Done. God, he was speaking. Was it done? He said, so be it done. It wasn't done. He wasn't healed, but Jesus said it's done. How did it get done? It got done by Jesus calling it done. How did, Jesus, how did Abram become a father of many nations? Abram had to agree with God. He had to call himself Abraham. 
When we want the promises of God, we have to call ourselves what that promise is. I call myself healed, and I release my faith. I speak the word in faith in Jesus' name. So we find the promise of God, we speak the promise of God, and we receive it, we call it done. Let me end with a story about... I wonder if I told this story last time I spoke. If I did, I'll tell it again, Ralphie. Okay? When I first got saved, well, in high school, I got saved when I was 19. In high school, I played volleyball. I played, um, uh, we were fifth best in the nation. So we had a pretty good team. And I played, before school, I played, after school, I played at night. We'd go play volleyball. I played volleyball all the time. And our team was really good. And... After I graduated high school, I didn't play for a little while, and then I went to junior college, and some people said, oh, come on, play, play on the college, on the JC team. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And so I went and I, um, I got on the team, and I hadn't played for a long time, so in volleyball, of course, you're doing a lot of jumping. And so I jumped, and during practice, I came down, and I'll tell you, my back, I just twisted, I don't know what happened. It was all messed up. And it hurt so much. I had to, when I got in the car, you know, you know how women get in the car, they kind of go like this, and they swing the legs around? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, guys, we just kind of get in the car, right? <laughs> Girls, they're more, you know, they just, they're kind of more proper. Uh, so I, I, it's really hurt, and I couldn't really practice. But we had this game coming up on Friday. So I, I didn't know much, but I knew a little bit. I knew God wanted me healed. I heard that. I heard faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So I said, so I said, Father, I receive my healing in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And Father, from this point, from this um, point forth, I am just going to thank you for the end result. I'm going to thank you for my healing. So I forget what day that was, but my game was on Friday, and. Next day, we had a couple days to practice, a couple few days, and I just thanked Lord all the Lord. Lord, I thank you for healing me. Thank you for the end result. Lord, I thank you for healing me. Thank you that my back is whole. I thank you that my back is healed in Jesus' name. My name is Abraham. I'm a father of many nations. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm a father of many nations. So I thank the Lord, thank the Lord. And here comes uh, Friday. It's game time. And you've seen volleyball. They've got the net here. Here's the big net. It's eight foot tall. And during practice, they have the guys called a setter. Who here has played volleyball? Well, you played volleyball. You've got the setter. So he's setting the ball right by the net. And there's a line of, a line of hitters here. And so with the line of hitters, we throw the ball to the setter. And he's over here. He sets the ball like this. And then, I'm getting tired, but then you run up, the ball's in the air, and you go like this, and you're supposed to have a high elbow, and you hit, spike the ball, and then you duck under the net, and you go chase your ball, and you get back in line. That's how you warm up for a volleyball game. Well, I really can't jump, but with his stripes, I was healed. So, faith thinks, believes, speaks, and what? does acts okay now if i were to jump and come down i would not have killed myself 
okay? The worst thing would have happened is it would have hurt really bad. I would not have killed myself. Just want to say that. I threw them threw the ball to the setter. I've been thanking uh, thank, thank you, Jesus, I'm here. So he set the ball, here I go. Slow motion. High elbow. Slow motion coming down. It felt like oh, someone took a zipper from my bottom of my spine went like that. And I, st I ducked under the net, and the devil said, now you've really done it. You're messed up now, just in that split second. I ducked under the net, I started to chase my ball. Every bit of pain was gone. Every symptom was gone. Hallelujah. That was because I agreed with God, and I exercised faith in God. I called myself what God called me, and it manifested by faith in God. Abraham had a baby, amen? There's a lot of people on the earth, descendants of Abraham today, because Abraham agreed with God. We need to agree with God in whatever promise he's telling you. Agree with him in your thoughts. Agree with him in your heart. Agree with him in your words. And agree with him in your actions. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we worship you. We thank you. We bless you. Thank you. You are a teacher. Lord, help us not to forget this week, Lord. Help us not to forget what you've taught us, Lord. And I ask for each one of us, as, as we go forth, Holy Spirit, bring to our memory... Bring to our mind the words that you have spoken to us, the words that were spoken today. Remind us this week, Father. Remind us this week to think, to believe, to speak, to act, just to agree with you, just to agree with you. We praise you and thank you, Father, for it. And Father, I'm reminded now to pray for John and Kathy as they are up in, I believe, Oregon. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for your healing power and virtue flowing into John. I thank you for a swift recovery for him in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask for your traveling mercies. I ask, Father, for safety and the angels encamped around about them at all times. We declare and decree that the angel Lord encamps around about them that fear him, and he delivereth them, and they shall have a safe trip all the way back, Father. And I thank you for restoring health in him and healing him of his wounds. And I praise you for your will being done. Your will being done, Lord, is restoration. Your will being done, Lord, is wholeness. Your will being done, Lord, is healing. And we thank you, for our Father, for our precious brother and sister. We give you glory. We give you praise, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen.